streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. for you from the State of Combat podcast on CBS Sports with your boy, the Brian Campbell. Hope you're doing well. Back with a bang, of course, mixed martial arts style. Hope you're hanging in there during these uncertain times. Always, as always, looking to give you a little pause to the action, to the chaos, to the craziness, to enjoy some fine interviews, analysis, all that stuff. What do we have today? Special little interview, not with myself. But with my cohort on the MMA side, the Hall of Famer, the former UFC light heavyweight champion of the world. Yes, earthquake survivor, Sugar Rashad Evans. He caught up with his guy this week for a live Instagram chat on the CBS Sports account with Kamaru Usman, your king, your champion in the UFC at 170 pounds. How is the nightmare holding up during this pandemic? How is his training going Will he indeed be defending his title against Jorge Masvidal when things level out? We got all that and then some from Kamaru Usman as Rashad sits down, gloves off, chilling out with his guy over IG. You're not going to want to miss this. I think you'll enjoy this a lot. And uh, as always, hopefully you're checking out the content we're producing here for the State of Combat, the SOC, your home for all things combat sports. Uh, if you like it, please get out there and uh, give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, hey, wherever you can find this fine audio and check out uh, the wild quarantine filler content that we're regularly producing for you. Interviews with the top names, our mixed martial arts podcast this week had nice chats with Chael Sonnen looking back at his Bellator uh, heavyweight world Grand Prix run a few years back. Also, Demetrius Johnson, the all-time great flyweight and one championship title contender talking about his near future on the boxing side. We got a 90s icon for you this week in Joe Bob Briggs of drive-in movie fame. You're not going to want to miss that, but you came for the nightmare and you're going to get it on the other side after a quick pause and a word from our friends and sponsors. It's Sugar Rashad. It's Kamara Usman. Enjoy. Usman, what's going on with you, brother? How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Why you answer like you didn't know who I was? You, you know, Usman. <laughs> you know I gotta do the interview thing, brother. You know I gotta. Usman, what's going on? Like you know me, bro. I stay yeah. with you. I know, I know, I know. So, so how, so how's everything going, man? How, how you dealing with this whole, you know, this whole coronavirus thing? How you been able to train? Uh, everything going all right. I mean, it's, it's, it's just normal for me. Everybody keeps, uh, kind of, uh, you know, everyone's kind of panicking over it, but this is normally what I do anyways. I actually love this at this period. You know, it's not too much traffic. It's not crazy anywhere. People actually staying at home, you know, so I love it. You know, this is what I but do. I mean, normally. But you don't got the training partners though. So how have you been able to supplement the training part, not having no training partners and stuff like that? Um, I mean, at at this stage, it's, I'm not, you know, my, my training partners are, are very, very crucial when it's, 
it's um, sparring and, 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 you know, and grappling and things like that. When you want to get fresh bodies, which is usually I, I, I deal with maybe two, three, two, three times a week, you know, but um, besides that, a lot of my, my training is specialized, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one strength and conditioning, which is me and my coach or me personally getting it in or me doing mitts, whether it's just me and my coach, or even some of my drilling jujitsu groundwork is just me and my coach. So I spent a lot of times in the last three years of my career, I spent a lot of times where it's just me and the coach. So, you know, a lot of this, this is not really affecting me that much because all I do anyways, you know, is I go to the gym and I come home and I'm, I'm home. You yeah. Know, so, yeah. I know. So how's your body been, been feeling since you uh, had this downtime and, I, it's, it's <laughs> normal because I'm still I'm still putting work in I'm still getting work so I still feel the the growing pains of the day to day stuff but um you know I have I have loved the fact that I've never had this much time off to where you're not worried about a fight because you know it right. even if you you they say you got time off but you know in the next month or two you're gonna have to sign a contract and everything's gonna be real again and so yeah. you know I'm yeah, I'm like actually that. I'm actually enjoying just being able to say, you know what? Do I want Thai food tonight? All right, let me see what's open. Let me go ahead and order some Thai food. Let me go ahead and order, you know, something. So I am actually loving that. Now, you said you had, like, some time off mentally, you know, not to do anything. Now, was your name thrown in that hat for the April 18th card? Like, did you receive a call to uh, to partake in those events? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, um, you know how I am. I'm always... I'm always two weeks away from, from being able right. to scrap. And so um, about a little over two weeks out, um, I knew obviously because uh, Habib and I had the same management, I knew that he wasn't going to be able to compete uh, because he was stuck in Russia. So, you know, right away, my, my thought was like, you know, I've been training at least once a day, you know, so I'm not too far out. So there's two weeks left. So first thing I did, I went upstairs, got on my scale, and I'm like, 25, two and a half weeks? I can make that. I could do that. So wait, so, 25 pounds you were over? Yeah, I was about 25. Oh I was like 194.6. And I'm like, uh, you know, I, I am full of food. I did drink water. You start you start making those, yeah, you those start. excuses in your mind. Like, I'm full of food, drinking water. So that's minus three and a half pounds there. So I'm loud. Uh, 22 pounds, two weeks, I could make that. So, you know, I call my management. I'm like, hey, uh, just give them a call. See, uh, see if they, if they, uh, if they need me to step in and save this. As long so as you I'm put your name into that. You put your name into the hat. You okay? Okay. I was like, as long as I'm compensated, nah, let's do it. You only live once. Yeah, <laughs> right. Right. And so he said, what? I don't advise. You know, I don't advise you to do this. I'm like, yeah, but. You know, I'm sure he hasn't been training as, as harder than I have anyway. So, you know, because I know how, what level that I'm always at. Right. And so for me, it's about making that mental shift. Once I make that mental shift, that's when I can really gauge how fast everything comes yeah. back. And so that night I said, all right, put my name in. So after I said that, he was like, no, let's not do it. I'm like, you got a title to worry about. I was like, I don't care. Let's do it. As long as I'm, yeah. as long as I'm compensated, I'm ready to rumble. Let's do it. And so, uh, that night, I made the shift mentally. Oh, we got good shape. We got good shape. Got on the air dime. <laughs> I started getting talk, the talk about Talk about how important that mental shift is. We're like, I mean, a lot of people, you know, you, you, 
people don't know the process what it goes through your mind like you know right when you get that call that it's go time yeah and uh it's crazy because uh me and uh me and trevor actually talked about that a little bit yesterday is uh Everything is great when you're sitting at home. You're like, you're watching, ah, I can do that. You know, yeah, you know, I'm training a little bit. Everything is okay. But when you sign, it's like, oh, no, this is real. <laughs> your, your heartbeat instantly goes up another 10, 10 beats per second per minute. Just, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. So I'm, I'm having the conversation with myself and I'm talking to myself and I'm letting myself know that, yeah, we can do this. We, we know what we bring to the table. We know at the end of the day, what made us champion is, you know, we're not necessarily the best uh, striker. We're not necessarily the best boxer. We're not necessarily the best grappler. We're not necessarily the, you know, the best wrestler. But when it comes to actually just being in the fight and, and putting that mentality behind it and saying, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. I believe that I am the best in, in the division right now, if not the best in the company. And so, I was just like, man, I, I'm going to find it. You know, now I need a little yeah. bit more incentive to let me go find it. <laughs> so Yeah, I, I hear tell, that. I hear that. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, give me an incentive, a good incentive, and then I, I'm good. But then I I started th that whole day, you know, which actually this whole process was like four or five days of me waiting for the confirmation of this. So we reached out, and then they said, um, yeah, we'll we'll work on it. They said, we'll work on it. So I said, okay. So then they started working on it. And so all the while I'm training, I'm going in two, three times. Now my sessions are three times a day. I'm getting in hard sessions. I'm trying to get this weight off because at this point, that's the most important thing. And, yeah. and it's, it started coming off fast. It started coming off fast. Cause you know, I don't really partake in a lot of the junk food as far as a lot of you you know, cakes, pies and all the cookies and stuff, you know? And, um, and it started coming off pretty fast. And so now I'm miserable because I'm now I'm like, is this going to happen? Is this not going to happen? I'm calling them every day. I need the confirmation. They're like, oh, we're still working with the other side. We're trying to get confirmation, this and that. And then I finally got down to about 186, I think. And because um, my threshold is at about 3% body fat, my threshold is like 181 to 182. And then the rest of it is going to have to be water and dehydration, which is, is terrible. But I know I, I know my body so well. That's where I'm at. So when I got yeah. down to about 186 and I was still semi-hydrated, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm within striking distance. But I'm miserable. I know I'm miserable. But they still haven't so, given me confirmation whether we're going to compensate you for this or not or this is going to happen. So I finally uh, told them, hey, if I don't get confirmation by this time, <clears throat> excuse me then, you know, maybe we could do it another time. Right. So now that you didn't get confirmation, are you like that? That Of course, that's all put to the past. Now, if they do call you in the future, like May 9th or any other date after that, you'll be ready to go? Are you? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, last week, I actually sent out another text <laughs> and I said, hey, if you need me, I'm ready to rumble for the right are amount you of compensation. <laughs> And uh, and they said uh, they got back to me and said, uh, you know, we'll look at it, but we think we might be uh, we might be full, but we'll we'll uh, we'll let you know. Now it's it seems like when I hear you say this, like taking the fight on two week notice, and I look at who's in your weight class, like the top ten, 
guys. You know, you have Kobe Covington, you have Jorge Masvidal, you have Tyron Woodley, and, and, and the list goes on. But you have a bunch of tough, tough guys in the top 10. And the simple fact that you just like, I'll fight any of them two-week notice, it gives me insight of just how confident you are in the skill level you have versus the West of the weight class. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, for years of just kind of how we grinded through that room, how training, and then to where I got to the point where when I first came in, I was just a pure wrestler, and I was afraid to go spar. And, you know, and then I, I just, I kept going and kept going, and I, I took my licks and took my beatings. And then I got to the point where I started being, you know, not so afraid with taking those beatings. And I started being, then I shifted to where now I wasn't afraid of, of, getting into kind of like the firefight then i got to a point where now i was kind of getting the best of some guys in the firefight so then i got to the point where now i'm leading the firefight i'm like you know what man it takes years to develop that foundation to be able to 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 fight to know that you know what worst come the worst i'm in a fight you know, because that, at the end of the day, that's what a lot of people shy away from is getting right. into a fight and they can't handle it i know worst come the worst i'm gonna be around there you know, as long as I'm smart and calculated with the with the, the type of firefighting, the positions that I put myself in, and then having confidence in knowing that, hey, my conditioning is there. So whichever way this goes, I'm not going to run out of steam to where now I'm just getting embarrassed in there. Then it is what it is. I, I, I'll, I'll handle it. And then I know, man, I, I built, what, since 2012, I've put in enough work to, to build a foundation to where I know I'll scrap with anybody at a certain point. You know, and I've been hit by, I've been hit by you guys. I've been hit by you. I've been hit by, you know, Tiago Silva. You know, I've been hit by freaking, you know, some of the heavy hitters, Anthony Johnson in our gym and Michael Johnson. Ooh. And I survived Ooh. those guys. And you know how and Michael Ooh. used to put it on me early on in the days. I'm like, if I got through all those guys, man, what are these guys that, and those guys knew me. They knew my weaknesses. Right. They knew where they could press me and where I would shy away from from them. Now imagine me going up against a stranger that doesn't know all that, that has the same yeah. amount of fear that I have of them. So I'm like, you know, it is what it is. So who's your training partners now that you use that you can kind of say that kind of helps you mold and give you the confidence now that you work with at age kickboxing? Um, of course, uh, um, you know, I spend a lot of time. First of all, you know, my coach, George Santiago, I spend a lot of time with George. And so I know that on the grappling aspect of it, no matter where it goes, because at the end of the day, that kills a lot of MMA fighters. It's, it's not being yeah. able to grapple. And, and, you know, that whole transition from grappling and back up to striking. So I have the utmost confidence there because I'm rolling with George on a daily basis and, and knowing that, you know, I can I can sustain myself throughout all this. And uh, uh, I would say that Tyler, Tyler Ray, you know, who's, um, you know, is a professional fighter. He's, I think, six and one right now. And he's uh, one of my main guys because he's one of those guys that, you know, reminds me of me early on. Like he's hungry. He's ready to train at all times. He wants to go in and he wants to get it in. And so I like that because that presents a challenge to me every time, you know, like you got to work, you got to work, you got to work. Cause I know how hard I went early on to try to get to a certain level. And so, you know, training with him all the time. And of course, you know, you, you've got, um, you know, the guys there at, at HK with uh, Jason Jackson, um, of course, Michael Johnson and uh, Ong Lau, you know, so some champions that, that keep you on your toes as well up there. Yeah, Jason Jackson is somebody from Bellator who's, 
who's somebody to watch who's been making some waves over there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Real, real tough guy, real tough guy. So where where are you at right now? I mean I'm in I'm actually here in uh, um in Denver right now with um Justin Gaethje. He's uh okay. training for his fight. And um, what, what what fight does what fight does he have coming up right now? He's, he's fighting uh UFC two forty nine against Tony okay. Ferguson. Okay. And, uh, a big, big one, big fight. You know, everybody knows Justin Gaethje's uh, the human highlight reel. Uh, just a madman when it comes to fighting. And um, and so just being able to be in that atmosphere. And, of course, his coach, Trevor Whitman, you know, one of the brainiacs in the sport. And uh, nice. I wanted to kind of pick his brain a lot and, and just and get some, some more input. Wherever I can get insight and something that's going to stick with me and help enhance my career, I, would lo- I love yeah. that. Trevor's next next level with his details. A lot, oh, of, lot of great details. Key details. Wonderful. Yeah, Wonderful. key details. <laughs> so, so how's Justin looking, man? I mean, when, when did you get out there first First of all? Got out here two days ago. A couple of days okay, ago. Two days yeah. Ago? Okay. Yeah. And so he is uh, – he's great, man. He's he, he's he's a, he's a madman. He's a workhorse. Yeah. Too. You know, he, he, work, he works like the way I like to work. I like to get in and I like to work, get a good hard work. I don't like to shy away from the work. And, Justin still got that. Uh, Justin still got that bounty out. If you can, if you can hit him to the body and then knock him down, he'll give you. Uh, he, said, five. he said that to me the first day I got here, <laughs> and just I, I thought he was playing. He's like, hey, hey, if you're sparring, if you if you can knock me down on, if you can, you know, drop me to the body, you know, I'll give you. I already say five hundred or something like that. I'm like, man, this might get money, you know, because. <laughs> but uh. I didn't end up. I didn't end up trying to drop him. We we yeah, sparred. Yeah, you gotta and, uh, do that. Yeah, because he, you know, it's his camp. He's uh, he's yeah. looking great. So I'm not gonna try to put this guy down. You know, but he he's yeah. a tough guy, and you can see how tough he. His defense to the body is actually really really good. And uh, now it makes sense watching some of his fights, especially in that fight when he fought Michael Johnson. Is is he's very his style and the way, as compact as he is, kind of the way he. It's because he's protecting his body a lot, and I saw that. Like, yeah, I know. I noticed that Justin has kind of uh, cleaned up his striking a whole lot, and not so much the striking in general, but more or less the angles in which he's striking from that gives him the advantage. So he's not in that straight on fifty fifty range, you know, throwing shots with his opponent. You know. Yeah, and working uh, working with Trevor, you you get that, and now it makes mm-hmm. sense how the way that he works and the way that he is. I see it, the details that Trevor, me and him are working. I see that with Justin. And Justin is yeah. very crisp with, and even sparring him yesterday, I felt that he's very crisp when he comes in and, and, and the body movement, the angles, the way he puts the combination together. It doesn't look like much, but it's, he just rips it off. Wow, wow, wow. And then he's out of position. And, you, and you're like, oh, man, okay, now I see what he's talking about. And for a wrestler yeah. to be able to kick the legs the way he is. And, I mean, it's not – they're not pretty kicks by any mean, by like a tie or a kickboxer to where they're like nice hit. They're powerful, sharp, right? But they get your attention, and then you take about four or five of them, you're like, <laughs> your legs are like noodles. I know. So is now, is this fight at Fight Island? <laughs> I know you probably can't say the location, but, I mean, is Fight Island, is it real? Like, is this a real place? Is, is this? I We hear, we hear Fight Island is real. That's what we hear. But, um. No, I think this would be in the United States. As you know, like there's a couple of places that are kind of giving us the the AOK to because we are yeah. an essential business. You know, this is this is our our livelihoods. Um, we're arguably an essential business. So um, 
uh, they, they've given us the okay to be able to go out and practice. So I think it's going to be a while, though, before we're able to get a crowd in to, to yeah. watch one of those. But now, have, have you, how, how do you feel about that, fighting in an empty arena? Like, like I, I, know, I know, like, when you get in there, you're in there. But, like, there's times when you're out there fighting, and every once in a while you hear something that somebody says in the crowd, and it kind of break up the, the, the yeah. I guess, the, the monotony and the focus of, like, I'm on, in a fight, you know? For me personally, I like it yeah. because like it? yeah, because all those years of wrestling. Remember the, the first the first duel. You go in and you weigh in at seven a.m. The first one is at eight thirty or nine in the morning, and there's nobody there yet. No one in the arena yet in this big, huge, empty gym, and, yeah. and you get that that you know you feel that that burn in your chest because it's an extra burn because there's no you don't get the energy from the crowd you don't feel it right. because a lot of people don't realize that's very real the energy and, and just that they give you and they, they they pump into you is very real for some people who need that and so right. i i like to believe that i've been preparing and training for moments like this for a long long time and personally i like it and even now in the last two years my sparring in the gym because you know, we know it's, it's very easy to, when we're sparring, there's 15, 20 guys, you know, groups sparring, yeah. you're bumping into each other. So you never really get that full space. And also there's there's uh, good music blasting. So you feel good. You're going off the hype of the music, all of that. And so what I've been practicing in the last two years in my sparrings is on a, on this particular day, which is usually like a Saturday for me, because I usually fight on Saturday, a day like that. I will come in to spar and it's just me and my sparring partners mm. to where make, I make sure there's no music in the gym. So I feel the, that pressure of it's right. silent in the gym, that mental pressure of it's just you and this guy, because it's something different when there's no music and then you actually get to hear their breathing and you hear yourself yeah. breathing, you know, it's extra added pressure. So I've been practicing that, that now for the last two, two and a half years. So, for me, it would be wonderful. That's really that's one of the big reasons why I threw my name in the hat. I'm like, yep, give me that. Kamaro, your your uh your mental fortitude and just your mental approach to the fight game is is on display, and I see that many times when you get in there, and it's just you're so locked in, and you're, and you're so you have such a good uh good way of dealing with the stresses of it all, like. Like, like, what is your secret? Because it seems like like you're always taking the mental accountability for every single thing you do, even when it's not even, you know, towards a fight. And, you know, like you're not like for the fight that day. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's just years of practice. Um, early on, I, um, I I learned in wrestling because I was, I was wrestling. I started late. And then you see all these guys that are um, all these kids that are very, very good. That, that have been wrestling since they were young, five, six years old. So they know all the nice little slick moves and things like that. And there's just not enough time from now. We just have, we have a one practice in our team and that's an afternoon, but these guys already know the moves. They already know all that little stuff. And so by me doing the same practice that they're doing, right? How am I supposed to progress? How am I supposed to yeah. gain some ground on these guys? How am I supposed to catch up to them? I can't. It's almost impossible because right. I'm putting in the same work they're putting in now, and they've got years of work before, so they know all this stuff. So it was yeah. just a conscious decision that I made in my mind. Like, how am I going to close this gap on these guys? I'm like, okay, when they go home, we practice, but then when they go home, I don't know what they're doing, but I know what I can do. I can do extra. 
I can actually go back in the gym by myself and just just practice a little bit. And even if it's, you know, it doesn't seem right now that it's making that big of a difference, just a little bit adds up, a little bit adds up. And I think that sums up a lot of the rest of my life was, okay, do a little bit extra. That little bit extra is going to add up. It's going to add up. It's going to add up. And then I was, I've been, I would say overall, I've been blessed to be, just been lucky to be in certain teams with certain coaches and be around certain guys and certain training partners that kind of pour into me a little bit. And they might not realize it. They might not know. They might not really even care, but just a little bit. I take a little bit of something from everyone, even back all the way back to high school. I, I remember maybe a quote that a coach says, and then it stick with me. And I'll just kind of add to that. I'll see something that someone's doing. And then I'm like, what are the best guys doing? And what did the best guys do? And this guy says, oh, he used to run this, this, and that. Oh, I guess what? I'm going to start running. Oh, this guy said he used to do this. Oh, yeah, I'm going to start doing that. And then overall, over time, over time, I started just kind of making a little bit, chugging away a little bit, chugging away a little bit. And it wasn't until college wrestling to where I really start to see, you know, the, the payout from that. Because I would get into a hard match with these guys. And then something in the back of my mind would say, guess what, bro? Like, you did extra. You ran extra. What are you talking about? It's overtime. Yeah. Let's go. You ran extra. You can handle this. And then, and then you know, there's nothing like winning that little battle to where you go in there, you go extra, and then, you boom, you pull it out, and you win that over. You get that extra takedown in overtime. It's like, oh, yeah, that 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 came in handy. That extra ran out, that run I did, that came in handy. That extra drilling I did, that came in handy because – he ran out of gas before I did. doesn't matter if he was wrestling since he was five. I know I did extra and I closed that gap. And that's just kind of what has kind of consumed me throughout my whole career to where it's doing the little extra things, you know, getting in there a little early, training and warming up a little earlier and making sure I'm looser than some of the guys or making sure, you know, all those little things add to your mental bank, mm -hmm. like a bank that you put in mental bank. Right. And then when it's time to, pulling a little extra money, you got to dig back into the back exactly. of that bank. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I got extra in there because I, I put extra in there, you know. So, so so young athletes coming up, the key to success is that mental fortitude along with also a good hard work ethic, right? Absolutely. The mental fortitude with a good heart. And the biggest, the, the big thing, too, is a lot of people would say, oh, yeah, you got that mental fortitude, so you good. No, it's not all there because it's going to be tested. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a couple of fights where I'm like, oh, this dude's good. This dude's going hard, too. This dude's good. And there's going to be those moments that you're going to have that struggle. You're going to have two Rams going neck and neck and neck. And then who's going to prevail? Who's going to prevail? And then all of a sudden, you see a little chink in the armor and you start pulling it out. You're like, oh, okay. Just believe in yourself. So as long as you put that work ethic in and you have that mental fortitude, it's, you know, it's very hard for you not to trust yourself to go out and get whatever you desire. Was your fight with Kobe Covington a, a big example of that? Like, was that the kind of fight where you feeling with a lot of pressure going in, of course, but then like as a fight coming in there, he was bringing his game, but did you feel like there was a moment where you're just like, aha, got gotcha. Yes, yes, there, there was. I, I would say that, that fight, I fought more of, um, that's one of the fights that I fought more emotional than tactical. Like I used to fight, I, I, I'm, I'm a person who I like to fight very, very tactical, very calculated. And, you know, and I've had, I've gotten knocked for it. Like, oh man, you're not just going, because people want to see a full out bar fight. Mm 
You know, those casual fans want to see a bar fight. They don't want to see the tacticalness behind it, the stylistic, you know, way you break somebody down and really neutralize it. They don't necessarily know that. The real fans do. And so with that last fight, it was so personal as far as this guy. Um, I understand we're in a, a, a business where we have to entertain as well. But um, to go for as far as insulting not just me my family my religion my culture my um you know my team my former manager you know just just all in all it was you know as an athlete as well and as a competitor you just feel that that burden that weight to where yeah. this is a, this, this is the sport to where you can actually physically do something about it and uh once we got in there Initially, I'm like, oh, I could stylistically just, you know, break him down and, and win this fight. But then that's not what millions of fans want to see. That's not what the people want to see. Right. You know, what's really going to make me feel better is if I break this guy's face. And um, and we got to tussling and we, I just, I didn't, you know me, I usually like to at least get one takedown in there just to keep those yeah. average going up. But that, that fight was just... Um, you know, me and you have talked about it a long time ago. And, and you know, it's actually funny because um, that's one thing that I, w I remember is uh, we talked about this, uh, I think, maybe three years ago, two and a half years ago when I was originally scheduled. Well, I was offered the fight with him to headline the St. Louis card. And me and you had talked about it before and you were like, um, make friends with the feeling of fighting him, that you might actually need him. Yeah. And, and so I've I've taken that I've I've that's stuck with me for a long time. So I've been okay with fighting this guy for for three and a half years. So it wasn't that big of a mental battle to where oh I just signed a contract with a random stranger I don't know I don't care about now I got to work myself up into this fight. I've been okay with fighting this guy for years and mentally I was just there. I was like let's do this. And so once we got in there it was just mano y mano. I was like yeah we gotta I gotta get this the way that I want and. Nothing was going to be satisfying rather than finishing that fight that way. I mean, there was no, not even no inkling of wrestling at all by either one of you. Like, was it something you guys looked in each other? I was like, don't you be the one to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it was just kind of something that you just kind of, like, felt. You know how it is when you're playing your opponent, you're playing that mental shift. I remember I gave him one fake, and uh, he didn't necessarily really move his leg. And I'm like, I could really take him down if I want to. Yeah, but then he he was he was he was committed to striking with me. I'm like, no, this dude think he, he I'm not gonna be the one. To <laughs> I'm not gonna be that guy where I take him down and, and I win the fight, and they're like, oh, you won because you took him down. Right, you know, right. We both right. have wrestling credentials. We both know that the way we win fights, we 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 take guys down, we break them mentally, and that's the way that we win these fights. But this one was like, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to beat him mano a mano. Doesn't matter anyway. I'm going to beat this guy, and I just I just kept pressing him. I kept pushing forward. He landed some good shots. I mean, I never been hit. Obviously, you know, I've never been hit that much in my career. Right. And, and uh, but I was okay with it. I, I made friends with it after that yeah. first round. I was after the first actually minute. I'm like, oh, it's going to be this type of. All right, let's go ahead, let's go. And after a while, it becomes it becomes fun actually to be throwing down and just, you know, eating shots, taking shots. And, and I, you know, and the whole time I'm part of me was thinking like, 
that's what he was that's what, that's what Rashad was talking about. That's what Rashad was talking about. This you need that. You need a yeah, you, you need, need a good, that by the time you're done, you need a good scrap to where you're like, I had that good scrap in my career. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, and I and I, I loved it. And I, you know, as much as I don't I don't necessarily like the guy, I'm thankful for, for that experience and I'm thankful for sharing that moment with him. Well, I mean, he's number two right now. So, do you think in the future you guys are going to meet again one of these days? I th I think so. If all all goes well, you know, I mean, this is one of the most unpredictable sports. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Somebody could get hurt. Somebody could be done at any moment. You never know. And so, if all goes well, absolutely. I honestly believe that. You know, obviously, I'm the best fighter in the world in that division, and I think he's uh, he's a, he's the second best. What do you think about the, your weight class, though, in general? I mean, you have Conor McGregor coming in and making a splash just at the you know weight class to fight uh, Cowboy. But he talked about, you know, staying around and ch trying his hand at 170. What's your take on all of that? No, I, um, it's, it's a good one, but um, it's a good because it, it adds to that, that fuel that, you know, it adds to the weight class, which is already on fire, you know, and – I, I, I love the weight class, you know, arguably welterweight is, is one of the most sought after, not just exciting weight classes that you can get because, you know, it's that middle ground for a grown man to, mm -hmm. you know, to have the size and the power and the speed and the agility to be able to incorporate everything that it comes yeah. to be a mixed martial artist. And so that's what makes it very exciting. And there's a lot of exciting guys in the division right now. I mean, if you you look at that top 15, you know, there's guys with a lot of promise. And, you know, of course, I know all the top guys. I know a lot of the top guys because I've studied them for years because I, I love to watch fights. I love to study these guys. But also, you know, the young – I've got my eye on these young guys that are coming up too. So I'm – I'm like, when did I turn into the to the, to the old dude looking at the young dudes like? Oh. What, what young what young guy are you looking at, man? Like, you I'm know what? Just, let me keep an eye on him. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at you know you got Vicente Luque, you yeah. got you know you got you got Jeff Neal, you yeah. know you got guys like you know I mean Gilbert's not a young guy but making a splash now in the division. You know all these guys. Yeah. So you gotta you know I'm like yeah some of these guys are my training partners and they get the best of me too, you know. But I'm like yeah keep my eye on these guys you know because. Make sure I don't start slipping. I don't start slacking because at any moment once you start doing that, that's when people will pass you up. Because at the at the top, there's not a lot that separates all these guys. There's not a lot, right? And so you got to make sure I, I keep my you know stay on my p's and q's and, and and make sure that I keep that spot for as long as I want to before making that transition out. So at this point, you you really you you're confident enough you'll fight anybody in the weight class. Um, do you do you have anybody particularly want to fight or just kind of like anybody can get it? Well, for the right amount, anybody can get it. <laughs> but uh, because at the end of the day, I've, all the years you know, all the years that we put into this, right. you know, like you, I don't get, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get paid. I don't want to get paid for now for who I am now. I want to be yeah. compensated for all the years that I've put in. You know that the blood, sweat, and tears, or the, the and literally tears. You know, all the beatings that I've taken, I'm just in a position now to where I want to be compensated for all of that. So, you know, with that being said, yes, I'll fight anybody in the division because I'm I'm that confident in the, all the hard work that I've put in over the years. Yeah. And then on top of it, you know, if I had to, to pick somebody, of course, I want the biggest guys that are going to make me, you know, um, you know, push me forward as far as building my brand and building whatever I stand for, because, 
I can't do this forever. So when I'm done with this, the guy that allows me to be able to, you know, that gives me that up and up to where I can be able to go into a different avenue and do something else. You know, those are the guys that I'm looking for. So, I mean, right now, obviously, I think uh, the the guy at the, at the top, you know, that the, the fans really want to see me fight is, is uh, George Masvidal. So, you know, um, I'm open to that. If it's not him, if it's somebody else, I'm open to it. I know uh, yeah. Tyron Woodley's been making a lot of noise. Oh, I want to rematch and this and that. You know, and Tyron's getting ready for a fight, right? Is he fighting uh, Edwards? Who is he fighting? Uh, he was state, uh, slated to fight Leon Edwards, but, you know, the problem with that is that fight was supposed to take uh, place overseas. And right. unfortunately, yeah. with the situation the way it is, he, he wasn't able to fight that fight. So now, of course, he's, you know, shooting a shot, trying to call me out, which I'm okay with that any day. It's like, my man, like, you know, I like you and I would yeah. love to give you, you know, another shot, you know, like it's, it's, it's not a. Now, now how does that work though? You like him, you're love to give him another shot. Like, I like you. It's not like you giving him a, something nice. If you give him a shot, you're going to be giving him a beat down. Right. So yeah. how do you politely offer that to somebody? No, see, that's it. That's the, you know, and that's the, the thing is, you know, our sport's not necessarily like boxing because boxing, a lot of these guys at the top get to just handpick their guys. Like, you know what? Man, I'm going to fight this guy. I want to fight this challenger. I want to fight that guy. And you know, as well as I do in our situation, I'm not the judge. I'm not the guy who's right. going to necessarily pick that guy. I yeah. can say, you know, I'm interested in this guy and that's the number one contender. And they're like, okay, we'll take that into consideration. But ultimately, it's what the company wants to do and what's going to make them the most money you know, um, they're going to go with. And hopefully that aligns with who I want, whoever's going to, you know, compensate me the most. So, yeah. Um, but as far as Tyron Woodley, he's, you know, and he knows better, you know, but it's just he's, he's you know, playing to the fans. The fans, like, give him a shot. So he's like, yeah, give me a shot, champ. But you know damn well it's not my decision to give you a shot or not. You know, I don't mind fighting you. I fought you right. once already. I don't mind fighting you. It looked like y'all kind of got into it at a Super Bowl a little bit. That yeah, was were, that was pretty intense. Yeah, it was the the, the press, the um, radio row. We yeah, were, so how, uh, how did that even happen? Like, what happened in that Yeah, situation? I mean, there was four UFC fighters that were kind of valid to be there, you know, at, at, for the radio rows and go on and do the whole press tours. Um, obviously myself being, a, you know, the champion and living down here in South Florida, they were like, okay, we're right. going to take you. And, um, himself, uh, Masvidal being, you know, the guy that the fans are really amped up about right now, the fans are excited about seeing him get a shot. Um, so obviously, yeah, the company wants to continue to build on that, that, uh, interest and that. So they felt like that would be a good guy to bring there, but they were, um, they did their, Obviously, the company's smart, so they're going to separate us. So they did their media day sure. the day before I was standing uh -huh. to do mine. And I didn't think anything of it. You know, I'm, I don't really, I'm not really down in Miami that much because I don't really necessarily like to leave my house if I'm not training. And so I, um, I dropped my daughter off at school that morning. I'm like, you know what? Let me just run down there by myself. You know, I don't really roll with the whole entourage, 10, 15 people. I'm like, let me just get down there, you know, myself and go out and knock out this radio interview for five hours and then drive back and right. get my daughter. And so I get there, we walked in, and it was a whole radio. I mean, you've done radio roles. Yeah. Whole, 
you know, different radio stations everywhere. So now I'm with, you know, the, you know, my media, UFC media personnel that's going to take me to all of these different stations. And uh, as soon as we're about to start, um, I'm holding the mic. I'm about to get on camera with ESPN. That was my first interview. I hear some noise, hear some noise, but this is a big ballroom full of different radio stations. So I'm not really paying attention. My back is turned. I hear a lot of noise. And um, and then I see the media person that, the, you know, that was with me, the handler, like turn around and I like, was walking towards. So I'm looking at him. And then I look up and then I see the monster doll and he had his whole crew there. He had about maybe six guys with him mm-hmm. and he had um, two or three camera guys with him as well and, and his, his manager. So, I mean, it was all set up. They knew that I was going to be there that day. They weren't scheduled to oh, be so there. They were, wait, they, were wait, they were waiting for you to be show up. Yeah, they weren't scheduled to uh-huh. be there. They knew that I was going to be there. And so they wanted to come in and um, and they, they, they accomplished what they wanted to. They accomplished creating that buzz, creating that hype. Because if you really wanted to do something, so for you to show up a day that you're not stated, you're not, you're not, you know, supposed right. to be there. For you to show up with your entourage, with your, with your gang or whatever you want to call them, <laughs> and your camera guys, I would think you want to do something. Yeah, you know? I mean, you would think. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's what. Something. I mean, that's what. That's what I was gonna ask. I was, I was gonna ask like. Oh, so is it now on site? Like, is the beef on site now, or what? That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I never. For me, it was never that because the the crazy thing is, it was never that because I just passed him a week or two before that at an event, and he saw me and he just looked up, you know, and just kind of smiled and didn't say anything. I walked past him, smiled, nothing. It was no no issue here and there. It was just one of those we acknowledge that you know we might have to throw down one day. And then the next week, it turned into, oh, you popping up at my event to do that. I'm, so I'm standing there, and you saw the video. I'm screaming, do something the whole time. You ran up on me. So if you want to spark something, what's up? Let's, let's get it going. Let's do something. But he stood there, and he, uh, he accomplished what they wanted. He just wanted to get a buzz, get people talking, get this and that, because my back is turned. If you, want, you saw me, you want to do something, you rush me. It's on site. Yeah, it's no talking. I didn't see his hands come up once, like you know, square up. Let's let's go. None of that, you know. It was. I think it was. I think it was orchestrated by him and his management team to just kind of try to get that buzz out there to really make him, you know, the that clear, you know, the clear cut guy that I need to face next. Which I appreciate now because hopefully that just makes my the dollars dollar amounts go up. Is it helpful to fight a guy like like? you know, you don't got beef, that you got beef with, you don't, that you got a problem with, like, does it help you train a little bit harder or anything like that? Or is it just kind of, you're just kind of indifferent all the way through until you need to not be indifferent? Uh, yeah, I mean, they both, they both suck. You know, they both, uh, they both have their challenges. And um, they're both, they're, they're both challenging because I put in the same amount of work. You know, even when I was fighting, you know, no one ranked. And when I wasn't ranked, I still went, went as hard as I'm going now. You know, so it's they they all suck because I like to leave no stone unturned when I'm preparing for these fights. So they present their own challenges, but um, it's it's a I would say it's more of a mental battle and it's more draining to to fight someone where you know there's a lot of buildup. 
It's a lot of buildups, a lot of headaches. So it's, you know, your voice already in your mind is already saying, you better not lose to this dude. You better not lose to him. And so and so now, you know, this dude been talking stuff the whole time. And then the world know he's been talking and the world wants to see it. So it's like, oh, now I got to do more than the extra that I was going to do just to make sure this doesn't happen. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I train the same for both. I, I, I make sure that I go as hard as I can for these fights. That's good, man. So, I mean, we were talking about your weight class. Now, how would you compare your weight class now versus the weight class in years past as far as, like, judging it on, uh, on like, how tough is it now compared to how tough it was when Robbie was champ, when GSP was champ, and all those other times? Like, would you – how would you rank your, your, uh, your class? It's, it's – it's, man, it's, it's very tough. Uh, um, that's, that's an interesting question because a lot of – a lot of people like to compare and just compare fighters the way they were in their prime and things like that. And that's not the case because, you know, a, a, a young, you know, a young Anderson Silva was sparking dudes back then, you know, sparking. let that young Anderson Silva be as prime as he was. He would spark dudes with him, you know, just like, just like saying, you know, uh, George Saint, uh, Matt Hughes, George St. Pierre at their prime was like they were sparking dudes back then and they would still yeah. spark dudes now if they were in their prime back then. So it's very tough to challenge, to, to compare those. But what I will say is the weight class is always like, I'm in, I just happen to be in the weight class to where there's no shortage of tough guys and seasoned guys. So when Robbie was champ, his class was like, you know, when you got the Carlos Conde, you got the Nate Diaz, you know, you got all these guys there. They're tough guys that are there that can contest. You know, but uh, and the same with mine. You know, we've got Tyron, we've got uh, you know, got, uh, you know, Wonder Boy. We've got Covington. You've got Edwards. So there's no shortage of guys. It's just I do think, obviously, though, as the times continue to progress, we're just exposed to more tools in the arsenal to use to where you know, naturally, not you know, initially before it was a one-trick pony with his boxing, a one-trick, a, a two-trick pony with just boxing and wrestling to where now these guys are, 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 are spinning you up, putting you in jiu-jitsu holds you never seen before, you know, doing spinning kicks, doing spinning this, doing all these kind of weird stuff to where I think each class, you know, has their guys. You know, it's hard to say, oh, this one's better than, than this one. You know, it's just I think we just are exposed to more now than a lot of the guys were back then. Yeah. I would say the biggest difference in your class is, like, in your class, it seems like, you know, the top five guys happen to be really, really good wrestlers, whereas in classes before, you know, you only had one or two guys who had the ability to dominate with the wrestling. But in your class, it seems to be a lot more fighters who have that ability. You know, if it's just yourself, uh, Colby Covington, Leon Edwards, um, uh, um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, you know, uh, Damian Maya, Woodley, Ma Damian Maya. Yeah, yeah. So, the, no. so the, I mean, these are the, uh, you know, these are the guys in your weight class that are able to just hang, you know, do that grinding pace. You know, yes. That's what I think it gives it the biggest difference. Yeah, no, it, it is, and that just goes to attest to how the sport has evolved so much, because now you've got an influx of wrestlers who understand that having their foundation of wrestling is one of the biggest advantages 
when you come into the sport. So I think we're not going to see a shortage of that. More and more wrestlers are going to start coming in because they realize I might have more successes in that avenue than going in to try to do something else because I was originally going to just start boxing after I left yeah. wrestling. And then you was like, yo, man, you could do this. Yo, come on in here, try it. Remember how remember I recruited you, man? I brought you out here. I'm like, yo, just come out, be my training partner. Come on, man. See if you like it, man. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, come on out, man. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I uh, I saw the uh, the picture we took yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I think Instagram, uh, um, Facebook reminded me. Uh, I think it was yesterday or a couple of days ago. I saw the, the first picture we took. You took after we trained. Oh, when I took you down, I was waiting. I was waiting to post it. Yeah, you ain't you ain't taking. <laughs> <But after, laughs> I was waiting to post it, but yeah, it was a uh, was that picture. I was like, man, it's been that long, huh? And that was the first. He's like, yeah, man, come on out here and do this, man. You can, you can do this, man. Try this, you know. But you know, wrestlers, we're we're afraid of that, the fear of the unknown. Yeah, we're afraid yeah. of of. Like damn man, at least wrestling it's a controlled chaos. Like we, you know, yeah. we know what we're doing. But this, they kicking you, they kneeing you, they doing all this crazy stuff. And I was still kind of afraid of that until I just it's like, all right, man, let's go do it. Let's go try it. But that's good though, man. You 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 uh you you challenge yourself and that's a hard thing to do when you whenever you're making a transition in life is just trying to make a challenge for yourself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's what that's what it's all all about man so let me let me ask you um you traveled to denver how was how was it even in the airports like how was it how was the traveling being being able to get out it, it was is, am i weird for saying this but i loved it it was weird it was it was uh weirdly good because you know the airports are one of probably the most crowded places you know populated yeah it was it was nothing nothing like that it was it was pretty fairly empty you know of course there's people still there but it was fairly empty everything was clean it was like this is what we needed to force so people to 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 clean up a little bit clean up everything was clean and you know they had some of the airport seating flipped over because they sanitized everything wow. sprayed everything down and these major airports so seeing all that everything being cleaned like that it was just like mm, i like this and then it wasn't populated so, you know, I like my space, you know, I love people, but I want to be, you know, social when I want to be social. And, um, yeah. and it was just, it was, it wasn't crowded. I think my first flight had maybe 15 to 20 people, which I loved. It wasn't a line. It wasn't everyone stepping over one another. You know, we kept our social distancing, but then we, you know, everyone got on the plane and it was, it was great. I, I, I loved it. It was easy. That's cool. It was so no no temperature checks then, huh? Not nothing like no, checking your I forehead think, and like that. No, I think, but I thought that was weird in general. In anyways, like, like you know, if I don't eat, <laughs> if I don't eat for five hours here and I just train, my temperature. You tell me my temperature is not gonna go up. You tell me I'm not gonna right. start feeling run down. You know, or let's say I have a little, you know, a headache or something like that. Like temperature check. How does that determine if you have a virus inside you? So, you know, some of those are just kind of bizarre anyways, yeah. you know, to, to, to begin with. But, no, I think that the airlines know that they've done the, the, the fair dues as far as sanitizing because with the billions they've lost, they know that they can't play with this. They need to sanitize. Mm -hmm. 
And and I, I could tell they cleaned up everything. There wasn't really a meal service. They had everything bagged up, the fruits and things like that. They had given you wipes when you got in, giving you wipes when you in the middle of it, giving you wipes when you were done. I'm just like, oh, okay, they're being cautious. So it was nice and easy. I, I can't complain. I loved it. All right, let me ask you one more question before we go. Kamar, uh, what's what's next for you, man? Like like what do you like what, what do you what do you want to do next, man? Um, I'm, 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 I'm kind of in that, in a, in a funny transitional phase where it's like, I, I still, I'm fighting. I love fighting. Well, I love competing. I don't know if I necessarily love fighting. I love competing. And, um, distinguish the difference because a lot of people may hear you say that, but not understand what you mean by the difference. Yeah. There's a, there's a big difference where, um, people, some people just love to fight to where it didn't matter if they fought in a bar or if they fought outside. They just love just hitting people, being hit and love to fight and do all that, you know. And then there's people like me where I love to compete. It's something in me where it's like, if we want to race, you want to race me? Okay, give me time to go train for this race and let's see who's going to win this, you know. Or if you want to play this game or that game, like I just it's something to competitive nature in me that just yeah. fuels me to where it's like I want to compete and I want to be given the I want to train and I want to just show you that I am the best at that you know that it's fair and equal I want to show you I'm the best at it and so that I, whether it's fighting or whether it, it, it's um kayaking or whatever whatever it is that competition is what fuels me and it just so happens that I'm fighting to do it you know, so I, I've, I just kind of, you know, you got to, you, after a while, you just be, you've been okay. You got to be okay with the fact that it is a fist fight and that you yeah. won't be hit in the face. And, you know, that was the adjustment. Once I made that, it was like, I don't necessarily love to be hit in the face. I don't necessarily love to, to fight somebody else because it's not, it's not malicious for me. I'm not going out there to really hurt somebody or to try to injure them. Or for me, it's about competing. And, and outclassing the person and, and just letting them know, guess what? I'm better than you. Better you know, we got given the, we got given the, you know, the appropriate time, equal amount of time. You're a man, just like I'm a man. You're leaving, breathing right. human being like me. And we train and I, I bested you. I'm better than you in this. You know, that, that's just that competitiveness in me that I still have. Oh, and I still love that. And, uh, you know, but, you know, I, I want to do, um, I want to kind of branch out. I, I want to, I want to use this to be, um, and I, I say this a lot, is uh, it's crazy. It's kind of a cliche because it's a Peter Park. It's a, that whole Peter Parker uh, um, saying that comes from the Spider-Man movie. It's like, with great power comes great responsibility. It's like, Absolutely. you know, when I was doing this, I ain't really, I ain't really like, oh, man, yo, I'm going to be the role model for kids one day. I'm going to be put in the place where I'm influencing people. I'm making people work hard or I'm just giving them motivation. That was never my goal. And then all of a sudden you work through and you get to a certain position. It's like now people is like, yo, man, I watch you. You motivate me. You do this and you do that. Then it's like, man, now I got a responsibility. I didn't choose to be here, but now I have a responsibility right. to share your story. Like let people know that, hey, you know, yeah, life is tough. Times are tough, but you can get through it. You know, as long as you continue to put in this amount of work because it worked for me, it may be able to work for you. And so just being able to motivate people like that and obviously ultimately provide for my family. You know, when you come from nothing, nothing is a drive in you, you know, is a drive in you that you got to, 
you got to put everybody on. You ain't know? trying to go it's back. A, ain't trying to go back. You know, you got to get your family in a better situation. To, you want to end in a better situation than you started. And that's Absolutely. ultimately what I'm, I'm chasing right now. That's what's up, man. Kamaru, I thank you for your time, my brother. I love you. And travel Amen. safe. Thank you. And tell Ali I said what's up. Send my best to Justin Gaethje. Yeah. We'll do, man. And everybody, uh, if you can, check me out every Tuesday with Brian Campbell, State of Combat. And uh, take care. Be blessed. And happy quarantine. All right, man. Love you too, big bro. See you. All right, man. Take care. Peace.